This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Your best insight into Utah Jazz basketball and the NBA in Utah. For the next two hours, it's nothing but NBA conversation from the local front to around the association. Now let's get things rolling with Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome everybody into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. I'm your host, Andy Larson, joined by Zach Harper, as always. Yes. I'm the managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com. We are the ESPN Troop affiliate of the Utah Jazz. Zach Harper writes for CBSSports.com as a national NBA columnist. Is that the word to describe? And uh, Survivor Recap. Survivor Recap. Recapper. How is Survivor going nowadays? It's actually fantastic. Is it? It's Scott Pollard's on it. Is he still alive? Hence the recaps. He's, uh, as far as I know, I talked to him on Monday, so okay. he's, he's at least alive <laughs> on the show and in real life. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man of many hats. Sure, at least two. <laughs> well, and you're also a podcaster, a, a top 10 national sports podcaster. Yeah, I don't know if it's still top 10, but it was top oh. 10 last week. Well, last so, week you did a better job. Right, <laughs> last week I did a much better job. And, it, you know, the, the, the good results will still follow. I will, I will say this. Uh, had one this week with Mark Followell, the Mavericks play-by-play announcer, who okay. is fantastic. So I recommend checking that one out just because he's so good. Cool. Um, so, and we can do that iTunes, Stitcher. iTunes, Stitcher, I am Basketball Podcast, yeah. Cool. Uh, John LaFollette is our producer, and he had an interesting thing to say about uh, tonight's jazz game. The Jazz play the Golden State Warriors tonight in Golden State, uh, I guess in Oakland is, is the, probably the right way to right. say that. Uh, it's still Golden but It's a Golden State. That's true, yes. Yeah. Uh, and he had, he had something interesting. He had an interesting feeling about tonight's game. That starts at 8.30, by the way. Yeah, I... Uh... There's no logic behind this, but I had a funny feeling about Utah football going to Oregon State this year. I had a Oregon fun- State or Oregon? Oregon, thank you. Okay. Oregon, uh, where they were supposed to get smoked and just obliterated, and Utah did the exact opposite. I had a funny feeling about the Broncos winning the Super Bowl, yeah, even but- though it went against all logic. The, okay. the Panthers were supposed to win that thing, so I, I, but I picked the Broncos and I got feeling. Tonight, I'm having the same weird feeling about the Jazz at Golden State. Just saying, that's a that's a bold feeling. Do you do you ever have bold feelings and they don't go your way? Yes, but okay. not. <laughs> <laughs> not ter- what's your success so, rate? It, to be fair, though, not terribly often. Okay. So I'll, I'll say success rate probably probably seventy percent in the uh, in the security and the the quietness of the media room last night. I also said, "Hey, why don't why won't why won't the Jazz win tonight?" I mean, there are plenty of reasons, but why not? <laughs> you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah. The Warriors are turmoil-ish right now, as much as a 56-16 and 16 exactly. can they be. They lost a game. They lost a game. You know, Draymond Green's upset. You know, all kinds of stuff. They lost a, a bad game, too, to the right. Lakers. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's never a good loss. That's Exactly. That's 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 bad for them and, and shows that, you know, maybe they are off their game a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little. Um, but they've also won, what is it now, 56 in a row at home? It- no, 46. In 46 a row. Yeah, okay. 56 would just be ridiculous. <laughs> and yet, not inconceivable. Right. No, it's still probably likely. Uh, by the way, uh, we're going to have Ethan Sherwood Strauss of ESPN uh, joining us from Oracle Arena uh, in, in the 8 o'clock segment the of, of the today's hour, show yeah. at the, yeah, the top of the hour. He'll come on and talk to us for a few minutes of kind of previewing the game and where the Warriors are and talk about maybe what he thinks of the Jazz if we have time. Uh, so, looking forward to that at 8 o'clock. 
Uh, and then, of course, you guys can always tweet us, call us, be a big part of the show. Uh, tweet me at Andy B. Larson. Tweet Zach at Talk Hoops. Yes. Um, yeah. Let's get into some jazz stuff, though. And, and, and speaking of Twitter, I think probably Zach Lowe's tweet this morning is the best way to get into this, where he tweeted, over the last month, the jazz are 28th in points per possession, 29th in turnover rate. Yeah, and that's not something that the Jazz have been. That hasn't been a problem for the Jazz this season. You look at their uh, November to January part of the season, and they were twelfth in the league offensively, and and were again an above average team in in not turning over the ball. So right. what's happened? It it seemed like this has happened as nearly everyone on the team has been healthy, except you know save Alec Burks, but that's been true for you know, a couple other months as well. What I I don't really understand what's gone on. Uh, beyond maybe the schedule being a big influence. Yeah, I mean, they're playing a tough-ish portion of the schedule. You know, San Antonio, or since the All-Star break, Boston, Portland, Houston is, you know, a wild card at, at any time. Uh, San Antonio, Brooklyn, which is easy, but they lost. Uh, at Boston, at Toronto, at Memphis, at New Orleans, home for Atlanta. They're at Golden State tonight. I mean, this is not an easy stretch of the schedule by any means, and they're not playing well within that. But I actually wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think they're not playing well, or do you think they're losing? Because, you know, it doesn't have to be both. Right. It can be one or the other. And I, and I wonder, do you feel like the the execution is not good or it's just not enough? I mean, I, obviously, this is a cop-out, but it depends on the game, right? Like yes, Brooklyn, certainly. Yeah. Brooklyn, they were not playing well and right. losing. Boston's, at Boston, they were playing well and, and losing. Right. But clearly, the, the offense isn't there. I mean, right. I, I think the defense has played well. I mean, you look at last night's game, 91-84 to against the Atlanta Hawks. Jazz played great defense in that game. It's, I think it's 92-93 points per 100 possessions that they yeah. ended up giving up. Uh, but it's just the offense... Uh, just comes to a complete halt at times. Sure. And in a way that it doesn't happen for better offensive teams. You know, yeah. that six-minute stretch in the second half, or in the second quarter, excuse me, when the Jazz did <laughs> didn't score, score a point. Right. right. Uh, and then they got 15 points in that second quarter, you know, with that six-minute stretch where they didn't score a point. And then in the third quarter, they also scored 15 points. So it's not like it was a lot better. Right. Uh, or any better. <laughs> <laughs> By definition. Yeah. So... Uh, I struggle with it, and and especially that that part of it worries me a little bit too. Because when it's the third quarter production, then you look at the starting unit and that having faults rather than kind right. of the bench unit. And it, you look at what's what this team has to do in order to win long term, and it, and it's at least it's helpful that they have four good players to build around. You know, you'd rather have a good starting lineup and a bad bench than the other problem, right. because if, if it's the other way around, then you just don't have very good talent. On your right. Team. Exactly. Uh, the jazz clearly do have four good players, um, but clearly don't have an adequate bench, but for whatever reason, defenses are also starting to figure out the starting lineup as well. And, and that's a little bit troubling to me. Yeah. I think, I mean, the, here's the kind of the crux of what the problem is for me with this team is over the last seven games they're one and six during that time, Gordon Hayward, 41% from the field, uh, Rodney hood, 33% from the field, uh, Trey Lyles and his limited minutes, you know, 39%, Shelvin Mack, 35%, Howell Neto, 35%. I mean, they're just not making Is there anybody shots. who's shooting well? Uh, 
Rudy Gobert's at 51%, but you look at where he's taking his shots, yeah, that's, that's not, great. not great. Uh, Trevor Booker's at 66% right. on four shots a game. Yeah, Book. Um, Derek Favors is 49%. I mean, Derek Favors has been the rock in this entire you know situation since he's come back, and, and he's playing really well, but you see that it's not enough. Right, and one player is never going to be enough. Yeah. And you uh, wonder, I mean, I wonder if the scouting report has caught up with Rodney Hood or he's just playing poorly. Well, and now we hear about this back injury too right. that has made him questionable for tonight's game. We'll let you know as soon as we know whether or not he'll be playing uh, in tonight's game because you know if if he's not playing, then all of a sudden you have to start Joe Ingles or Chris Johnson. Right. Or, I do and, not. And it gets ugly. Feel good about John's feeling. John's if, feeling. Oh, our John. Right, yes. our John. I don't. I don't feel good about his feeling if Rodney Hood doesn't play. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I already don't feel great about it. But I would, especially if Rodney Hood doesn't play. We're, we're having meta feelings here on the right. show. Like, how do we feel about John's feelings? That's that's what's really important. Um, I think they made a movie about that. Inside Out. Oh, okay. Oh, I haven't seen that. You haven't? No. See, I I like watching like those Pixar Disney. Yeah, I'm into them. I just I just I didn't catch it. I've seen Gigli almost three times. <laughs> well, that's critical. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I mean, Rodney Hood, I, I think the back is kind of clearly affecting him yeah. and his, his range of movement and, and possibly his shot as well. You know, if, if you guys have ever had back problems before, you know the natural motion of raising both hands above your head and then flicking one of your arms doesn't necessarily make your back feel a lot better. Right, and if that is troubling you, it's going to be hard to play basketball. Yeah. And and that's why we're seeing him, you know, be questionable for tonight. We'll we'll see if he can play. Uh so that one's a little bit easier to explain away. I also just don't think that his game is as uh progressed as Gordon Hayward's is, obviously. Sure. You know? I mean, Gordon, for example, last night had a worse shooting night than Rodney Hood did. Right. He was six for eighteen, Rodney Hood was six for sixteen. But because Gordon Hayward got to the line nine times, he still had a pretty efficient yeah. night overall. And he still had a he had a stretch where he was I mean, really carrying them. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have liked that to be more consistent over the game, but there was a stretch where Gordon Hayward kept them in the game and gave them you know, a pretty decent chance to, to still win. Right, and I, I don't think that Rodney Hood has that uh, ability to adjust necessarily to, to get to the line right. or, or figure out if defenses are trapping him and, and do something different in order to get around I mean, those shots. Here's something. I, you know, their, their open three-point shots, or their three-point shots in, in general during this this seven game stretch where they're you know kind of falling apart mm. um, on wide open threes thirty five percent which is six feet or more of room and granted this is sports view data so it's a little there's a little bit of white noise in there uh, on open three point shots twenty nine percent oh so the Jazz are shooting only twenty nine percent on open three point uh, shots. yeah that's with four to six in feet of room in the last games. seven games so I mean they're just Yikes. not hitting threes uh, and then with tight coverage eight point seven percent I mean you just like. <laughs> It's not that you have to hit the three-point shot in order to win. It's that if you shoot it that poorly, you're not going to win. Yeah, if, if you shoot 8.7% right. of anything. Like if you were 33% across the board, that's you know okay-ish. It's not good, but you can survive. 8% on tight shots over a seven-game stretch is, is just detrimental. And I wrote about this in the court report last night, too. You look at how they shot from within the paint, and right. not in the restricted area, but just within the paint. One for 18. You, you can't shoot 5% from yeah. within the paint. League average there is 40%. And part of the, I mean, credit the Hawks. Like, the Hawks' defense is really right. good. No, it, it is. It's the second best defense since January 1st in the league. I think it's the third or fourth best defense all season long. I mean, they, they make you miss shots, but one of 18 in the paint is – that's not just defense. Like, that's right. some of that's just 
and, and honestly, they want you to take those shots, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Those are the mid-range looks that they kind of set up their defense to so that you get them. Right. But for the Jazz to then take advantage of that, you know, take advantage of what the defense gives you, so to speak, at the tune of one for 18, yeah. it's, it's not, not a good state of affairs. So, I mean, do you think there's a turnaround here, or is this kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, like mathematically, there has to right. be, right? You like, would think there's a, gr- a regression to the mean at some point. They can't shoot 5% from the paint. They can't shoot 8% <laughs> right. from three. Like, five and eight are just so low <laughs> numbers that it's it's going to turn around, even for, you know, the Chris Johnsons and, and the Shelvin Max of the world who, right. who aren't good shooters. Because they're in the NBA, they're better than this. I mean, you you put us out there, and we probably shoot five to eight percent. Yeah, I think I feel good about at least twenty. Yeah, like, but I mean, on on tightly contested threes, those are really the only ones I take. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel yeah. I, I feel comfortable taking it. Then yes, okay, against cool. an NBA player, I don't know. We'll yeah, see. I mean, and and over the course of seven games, you might right. shoot eight percent. I might but get, over the I might next get seven games, you might get shoot. 35. Yeah, you never know. I'm not I'm not going to oversell your three-point <laughs> shooting, but it, you know, you could do I'm a little JR Smithish in that I find open shots to be boring. Okay. Yeah. Nick Young? Yeah, Nick Young, <laughs> Jamal Crawford. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, all the greats. But <laughs> of course. <laughs> but uh, you know, the important point is the Jazz don't have any Zach Harpers or Nick Youngs right. or JR Smiths <laughs> on the roster. That's really their problem. They don't like the the tough shots. I don't know if I have to file paperwork, but I am available for a 10-day and I think there's a, you know, I think there's some wiggle room with the Not a roster the spot roster. though. There's, there's wiggle room. Not everyone's <laughs> guaranteed. Fair. I mean, okay, if you're picking yeah. between me and Chris Johnson, let's be honest. I mean, the true. athletic wing or you, you know, are you going to dive on the floor for loose balls? I might fall. I wouldn't say I'm going to dive. <laughs> All right, you're in. This is a Congratulations. Stre- this is a tough stretch coming up, though, because, I mean, right. obviously Warriors tonight, mm-hmm. home against the Wizards who are playing better. Um, you're at Sacramento. You never know what the Kings are going to be. And then you're home for Cleveland. You know, and after that, the road trip's not that great. No, I mean, following. the the Phoenix game at home after that stretch you named is hopefully a, a you know, a it shouldn't be really, a It should be an game. easy win. Right. Uh, but I think Brandon Knight is back. I don't know if that actually helps them or not, but. But you're you right. You know, so. the next four games are not a let up for the Jazz. Right. I mean, they, it really will test, you know, just how resilient they are or how much they can, you know, kind of fight through it or how much they want to, you know, they're able to correct this this offensive execution that's not working. And for the most part, the games have been kind of close-ish. You know, it's, yeah, they've it's been not, They're not being blown out. They're still playing hard clearly on the defensive end. Right. Uh, it's just the offense isn't working guys aren't making shots and that's got to be so by the way so frustrating for Quinn Snyder like as a coach what do you do when your players are making 5% from the paint and 8% from the three point line like right. do you, you're getting kind of the, the the shots maybe not the shots you want but you're getting shots up anyway <laughs> yeah you're getting shots up i mean i think too like what is the coaching there like one you can try to work for better shots but if you like the shots you're getting for the most part you kind of just have to say all right guys stick with it Right. right. I mean, maybe there's an adjustment you can say to to make, but there, you know, sometimes you're just missing shots. And I think that's a frustrating thing for the coach, for the players, for the fans, because you feel like you're doing the right thing. It's just not getting results. Right. I mean, you kind of know that Shelvin Mack, for example, is a great example right. of this last night. You know, went two for 13. Uh, had, and that's a little bit flattering, too, with that. Right. He had a layup, layup at the end. <laughs> right. Uh, Otherwise, it would have been really embarrassing. <laughs> right. One for 12. Ooh. <laughs> um, but. Shelvin played 26 minutes last night and was was awful throughout. You know, I, yeah. I think even on the defensive end, he wasn't at his best. And Quinn Snyder kept with him because I, I think he kind of knows what 
Shelvin Mack can do and, and knows that he's not, on average, a 1-for-12, 2-for-13 kind of shooter. Right. Um, it, but it's hard, right? Because then you've also got Howell Neto out there who's, who could play, and maybe Trey Burke can, can shoot too. I mean... Maybe not. He's not the best of shooter either. But but I mean, maybe that maybe that was a wrinkle that should have happened. I I know there are fans that were frustrated with Shelvin Mack's performance and his performance as of late, and basically saying why is Quinn Snyder, you know, going so much with this guy? Mm. I think one, there is a familiarity that you need to you need to kind of work through, where you need to you need to get him comfortable within the system. That doesn't mean you sacrifice games for him because he is still just Shelvin Mack. But at the same time. You have to build continuity in a short amount of time, yeah. and so part of that is maybe leaving him out there a little bit longer. Part of that is he knew the Hawks, you know, offense as well as anyone there, and and so you want that expertise on the floor. It didn't end up working out, but it, you know, it kind of gets back to the whole process versus results, right. right? And I think ultimately the Jazz are pretty close on the process part. Heck, that the starting lineup is working brilliantly. They're right? playing like, really well, right? The starting lineup is plus eleven points per forty-eight minutes. Yeah. You know, th- that's not the problem. The Jazz are getting first quarter leads, and then as soon as the the bench comes in it's it's gone and the starters can't really get it back for the most part yeah. right like there's a little bit of a bump it starts the third quarters but it's not the same as the as the start of the game and i kind of thought that maybe teams realize that they can use a lot of what they use against the second unit against the first unit too you know right. against the second unit you can ignore three or four players right yeah. and against the first unit i think you can pretty safely ignore two guys whoever's playing point guard and uh Rudy Gobert on the offensive end who's right? just not a threat at all i mean he there's yeah. a mild threat of a pick and roll or an offensive rebound and a dunk or something like that but he doesn't seem comfortable within the flow of the offense i don't know if that's the knee i don't know if that's just him but it it definitely feels like you're playing three on five at times. And I, I think some of it's teams taking away what he is good at. You know, right. they're, they're bringing him out to the perimeter on the defensive end, so yeah. he, he can't rim protect. Last night, zero blocks is an example of that. And then uh, teams, yeah, kind of leave him open in the paint and trust that they'll be able to rotate over in order to prevent those kind of easy, easy looks. I mean, yeah, because you're either, I mean, you're hoping that uh, it's a lower pass and he gets swiped, swiped down or he's just not going to catch it, period. Um, you you know he is so slow moving the ball up towards the basket that once he gets it high and once he has it high you know he's great but getting it to that point you do have so much time to recover. Agreed. And, and I I've seen better from Rudy Gobert and that's why sure. you know you you may point to the injury and say you know maybe some of his knee explosiveness is gone maybe yeah. he's not as comfortable as bending over for loose balls for example or lower balls um, but. Uh, it's still it's still rough and and really Rudy Gobert's NBA career is kind of in the balance here right like he was always a against the trend anyway of centers right and sure guys who can't play on the perimeter at all and if if teams are just going to scout him out of the game then it's going to be hard to see how you give him a max contract for example sure I mean the market may dictate dictate that anyway uh, of someone giving it to him now if you're the Jazz you have to make a real right. decision okay. on that. Uh, but and I don't think I I'm not making a a real comparison here, but I think that there's something to take from what happened with Roy Hibbert in Indiana, where if you can get it to work within that role, it looks great, right? But you move him to a little bit different role or not the same support around him, and you've got Roy Hibbert in Los Angeles. But nothing's really changed, right? I, like right, like I, you he's look still at Roy Hibbert, for example, last year with the Pacers, and he wasn't the player he was two seasons. Right, ago. exactly, because you can game plan for him, make him more 
uncomfortable on the on the court. I don't I don't think that's necessarily going to happen to Rudy. I think Rudy's a much more solid defender. He's much more mobile. He's a better like he's a great rebounder, right? So mm-hmm. you know Hibbert's always struggle with that. But there is a level of comfort that he needs in order to be a max contract type of player. Agreed. Uh, quick update on how whether or not it's likely the Jazz make the playoffs. All all these different websites have models on. Uh, basically running through the rest of the season, giving a, a percentage of percent chance that those teams win each of the rest of the games moving forward, and then say, okay, what's the likelihood that each team makes a playoffs, and even which seed will they make the playoffs in? So ESPN's playoff model says that the Jazz have a 41% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, Impredict.com says that the Jazz have a 48.9% chance of making the playoffs. Um, and I think it's actually kind of interesting how that breaks down on Impredict. 29% chance of making the 8th seed and still a 16% chance of making the 7th seed. Like, there's it is more still, variance there than I thought. Yeah, it is still quite open. I mean, you look at this. It's just Dallas is starting to struggle, it looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Memphis is clearly safe at this point. They've they've built up enough of a cushion with their easy part of the yeah. schedule. Uh, but Dallas is doesn't feel as much of a lock. Like, Portland's lost a couple of games that maybe you thought because they were better now, they would win. Uh, and then Houston is just... There's so much apathy with the Houston Rockets that you just never know. I mean, they're they're struggling to put away Philadelphia right now. Right. You know, they're up five in the fourth quarter uh, on a Philadelphia team who's not any good in, in any way. That would be a fun loss for them. That would. I mean, that for, would be or really for the Jazz. Right. Really for That's, the Jazz. But you know, the the Jazz at two games behind Houston and going into tonight and and three and a half behind Dallas. You know, it's not a great situation because I don't believe they have the tiebreaker against Houston, although they have one more game. That will determine that. I, I believe so. I think they can tie Houston if they right, win and then that it goes to conference. To but I think the conference else. record is in Houston's favor, or whatever that next tiebreaker is. Um, but you can see, I mean, really, if you look at what it's nineteen more games, eighteen more games, yeah, nineteen more I games. Should, I should come up with that exact total, but yeah, it ni- is. nineteen more games after t- or going into tonight, right? Okay. So they need to go what twelve and seven. Yeah, Ish. I mean that would give them forty-one wins, and yeah, and I think you could that's, you could see right. either Houston or Dallas finishing five hundred or below. Yeah, I mean you you look at where the win totals are projected right now for those teams. Memphis projected with forty-six wins, so like you said, they're probably safe. Right. Portland projected with forty-two wins. Their schedule really toughens up. Houston forty-one wins, Dallas forty wins, Utah thirty-nine wins. Right, so it's kind of right in that. So if you bubble. get twelve wins, like you said, then yeah. you know you're probably in the spot where you're. Tied with Houston and and maybe even ahead of Dallas yeah. for a seven or eight seed. Yeah, and that's a goal, right? I mean, you have to shoot for a five hundred season and yeah. to really be within the conversation for getting that eight seed or, or maybe a seven seed. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, seven seed seven seed requires both of those teams to fall, right? And I think that's somewhat unlikely. Yeah, um, that's probably a pipe dream. But I, I, I yeah, pipe dream ish. I mean, it's interesting because the the math models, which I trust more than my own brain on this, sure, <laughs> say that it's sixteen percent, right? Like, yeah. so that's that's if you roll a dice, a chance that you get a six, right? That's twice as good as the Jazz are shooting on tight three pointers <laughs> right now, so. right? So, <laughs> well, maybe that's the wrong comparison to make if we want the Jazz to to be doing well this season. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's just an interesting thing, and uh, on a personal level, like I. I, I just want them to make it. That's all I want. Sure. Like, I mean, of course, I was a jazz fan growing up. Yeah. I've been a jazz season tick holder for a long time. I'm, I'm, I'm a homer and make no, uh, no appeals that I'm not. You right. know, I, I, 
I am definitely who I am. Sure. But it would also just be great for this team, I feel like, because this team is, is not like the Houston Rockets who are doing it, who have a lot of talent and are all just doing it the wrong way. should have 50 wins right now or right. You know, approaching it. The Jazz are these young guys who are trying to figure out how to win and are you know playing hard, practicing hard. Quinn Snyder is a brilliant coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dennis Lindsay, by and large, has made the right moves, and especially in, in the draft. You know, these are guys who are generally doing it right. And it's, right. it's not even that they're, they're nice or friendly or whatever. It's just that you, you'd like to see that rewarded because they're, they're doing it right. Sure, and I think it's okay to admit, too, that on some level it makes the job more fun. Oh, right? for sure. I mean, you know, watching a team peter out of the playoff position doesn't exactly invoke, like, you know, your – your Ralph, your inner Ralph Wiley, or your inner David Halberstam, or whatever you know, like you wanna you wanna have some fun in doing this, and when they win, it's it's a lot more fun. Yeah, no, no doubt, and and you know you get fewer angry Jazz fans coming at sure, you. Sure, that's always a plus. You get, uh, you know, we'd get a free trip to Golden State. That'd that would be, be bad. That'd be great. Uh, you could start getting more followers, more media attention, maybe more respect from the referees. That's something we talked about yeah. if, you, if you make the playoffs. I mean, these point. are all nice things that. I reasons why I want the Jazz to to make the playoffs this season. Yeah, and I I mean they still have a chance, but it, they got to get going. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that would officially. Ha- I mean, starting tonight, or should we should we put it off until Friday? I don't know. How's that feeling? Do we still have that feeling? Still got the feeling, John. Twenty four minutes later, we still have the feeling. We're getting the, we're getting the head nod. Still got the, the feeling. feeling. Doesn't leave. Feeling doesn't leave. <laughs> All right, I'm in. All right. We'll ask Ethan about this. <laughs> see, see how he feels. All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, we've got this kind of weird idea uh, of what we want to talk about. Basically, there's a lot in this NBA season that's already been determined. The first place winners of everything of the West Co- Western Conference, Eastern Conference, MVP, championship, maybe defensive player of the year, <laughs> kind of the championship. Like it's all kind of there. So we want to know who's going to get second because second isn't first loser. It's it matters in our hearts as well. It's the least loser. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's the way to look at it. Yeah, that's if an you honor. Take out the outlier of, right. the, of the winner, right. then they're the winner. Yeah, because really, the there's only one winner. Right. So that's not fair. They're, they're the <laughs> they're the weird ones. Right. Exactly. If you take out the weird people. Right. Then second place. It's is normal really what to you, lose. You that's what we're for. that's what we're saying. Right. All right. So we're gonna talk about that next on the <laughs> Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. That gonna Is there anything be more powerful than j- you jinxing the Jazz? Jazz are gonna come out and lose like 150 now. You know what? I think they win by 20. <laughs> After hearing some, some Black Eyed Peas, I think they're gonna win by 20. This is John LaFollette's uh, prediction. He's our producer. He, he has a feeling about the Jazz Warriors game tonight. What's going to be great is for the people who listen to this tomorrow as a podcast. <laughs> this is going to either blow their minds or they're never going to stop laughing. You know, I I want more of a party scene on this show. Yeah. Always, right? Like, can we can we get more, I don't know, bumping tunes? Uh, this is this is maybe not Look, a bumping tune. but Black Eyed Peas, bring it. You know what? They really bring it. They're successful for a reason. That's that's true. I, you know, it's fun music. Like maybe get some LMFAO in there. Yeah, 
You know, uh, Nelly. My humps was not a great moment. That's not it. All right, we there are there are misses. <laughs> not everything's well, a home agree. run. Like, this song is good. Uh, I mean, what's the? Why am I? Let's get it on? started. Let's get it started. Yeah. Radio edit. Yep. Um, why am I? I'm blanking on Black Eyed Peas songs. I'm sorry. Will I Am is great. Just yeah, Will I Am's. You know, I'm pro him. He makes mu- He makes movies. He's like a superhero, yeah. isn't he? Wasn't he an X Man or something? I don't know. I think he's in the X Men. That seems like something we should know for trivia. Right. That would, that would, <laughs> that that would help. All right. Anyway, John has a feeling that the Jazz are going to win tonight. I'm uh, in. Really, Nate, I don't know if his feeling got that specific. He says he's got a feeling about the game. Right. It's kind of uh, something about underdogs being good. Sure. That's all we got. Yeah. Um. All right. So in this segment, we wanted to talk about the seconds of the NBA because this, this NBA season has been really interesting in that we kind of know who's first. Uh, you know, we've got the Warriors, we've got a clear MVP, we've got a clear defense player of the year in my mind. I mean, Kawhi. Uh, oh, oh, I don't know oh, about that. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't know about that. All right, let's talk. Well, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, and, and of course, we've got a clear, uh, I think, finals prediction, right? You know, right. The, the, the rematch is, is the most likely. It for seems, sure. it seems pretty inevitable. So we want to talk about who's second place. Let's start with MVP. Number one, Steph Curry. Who gets second place in MVP right now? Well, I, I'm glad you asked me this because I've been tracking this for CBS Good. Uh, throughout the season. Every quarter of the season, okay. um, I've done this. And at the thir- three-quarter mark, my pick was LeBron. Okay. I thought he was, you know, I thought the defense was really good. It's not I, that long ago. It's not, no, but it hasn't been a great stretch since then no. for the Cavs. So I'm willing to throw, I would say Kawhi. Do you think you had anything to do with that? Do you think LeBron was like, MVP through the first three quarters or, or second place in the MVP yeah. rank? He's like, I Look, can I, coast. I, uh, you we know, got this. I, I, have, I have some fandom for Kevin Love. I appreciate Kevin Love. So this is my jinx to get back at LeBron for how he's treated Kevin Love. Okay. How about that? I like it. Yeah, but I think Kawhi is second for me now. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. He's six free throws away. Had he made six of his however many free throws he's taken – Six more free throws this year. Uh, he would be 50, 40, 90. Wow. At 20 points a game. Hmm. Set almost seven rebounds. Maybe the best defense in the world. Um, like He's really having an exceptional season in so many ways. Yeah. I mean, I, I may also put uh, you know, Damian Lillard's making a case. Yeah. Right Lillard, now. Lillard's up there for me, too. Um, Durant, I think Durant should be in there, even yep. though the Thunder have kind of fallen a little bit. But still third in the West. I mean, yeah. I mean he's, putting up, he's putting up numbers that are completely historic. Yeah, you know, with twenty eight points a game, sixty four percent true shooting percentage, uh, eight rebounds, four assists. I mean, he's been unreal as well. Okay, so let's talk about defensive player of the year because you, okay. you you disagreed with my Kawhi easy number. I don't one think pick. he's a because he won last year and got better. Yeah, Draymond though. Draymond, yeah. Here's the thing: is I think but, this is what the the impact is for me is that the Spurs are great defensively and historically great defensively, no matter who is in the game. Which right. I think lessens Kawhi's point, okay, or Kawhi's case. Whereas Draymond, they don't necessarily fall completely apart without Draymond in the game defensively, but there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I think that with the versatility, with the you know 75 wins or whatever they end up with, that's going to sway to getting Draymond. Plus, you know, he had the most first place votes last year and didn't win it. I think maybe we start moving towards making sure he wins it this year. Okay. Uh, then, I mean, first place has not yet been decided. So. I don't think it is. Yeah, I think not for Defense Player of the Year. Uh, how about most improved? I think number one is C.J. McCollum. I would think so, too. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could throw Will Barton in there, um, but that's maybe kind of a stretch as well. No one, I mean, has Charles Barkley seen a Denver game? 
There's not a chance. <laughs> he may have been at a Denver game and had no idea he was watching. He the saw Knights. Will Barton in, in the dunk contest, right? But he didn't do well, so no. then you get no buzz from that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so, I think CJ McCollum's a clear winner. So who who gets second place? What about the idea of Steph? I that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Steph, because uh, you look at what he did last season and clear MVP. But this is the the best season of all time. Right. I think it's much harder to go from great to historic than we maybe realize. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like he's sneaking up on teams. Right. They're all prepared for him <laughs> as much as you can be prepared for Everyone him. Everyone knows what Steph does. The spotlight's on him. There's no There's no way. I mean, it's not just, oh, he's shooting better because he is shooting better. But to have to be able to improve upon his shooting ability is, one, insane. Right. And, two, like, he's a good defender now. He, you know, he's he's great at moving the ball. He's great at attacking. He's great at layups. Yeah, which has not always been a strong. What suit the for him. third best finisher in the league right yeah, now? Yeah, with like two other centers are ahead of him. Yeah, like that's it. With dunkers in there, right? Like it's like DeAndre Jordan and <laughs> yeah. somebody else. No, um, that's that's crazy. Yeah, like I think I mean I think he has a case for maybe if you wanted to get real technical about it about being most improved, but yeah, I think McCollum will win it no yeah. matter what. Yeah, and then I think Steph should be in the running. I, I yeah I, I completely agree that that I mean we we saw Derrick Rose for example yeah uh, again great point guard breakout season uh, wins MVP and then of course has the injury right which which is what falls off for him but I think it's harder than people realize to stay at that MVP level and then to take not just one notch up but you know two three four notches up notches to where we've Steph never is. seen before right. I, I, I think that's the right pick. Is there I mean, anybody else in there for you? Uh, someone made the Rodney Hood case to me the other day. I, I don't see that. Yeah, um, no, just I don't not think so. with that, his recent. Uh, I mean, who else is there? Um, yeah. I, try, yeah. Boba, Boban for rookie of the year? <laughs> in second place? Yeah, why not? No, it's Chris Stapps, but yeah, <laughs> I'm like we we could talk we, about third place. But we gotta get we gotta get Bobin in there. Yeah, he's gotta win something. Second team, all rookie second team, all NBA giant. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, all NBA pillager. Uh, so Eastern Conference, and I actually didn't realize that Eastern Conference standings were as close as they were. But Cleveland is only two games above Toronto. Um, right. Well, are we talking? Are we talking two teams? Who we think? will end up with the one seed, or are we talking who we think will end up representing the East? That's the important distinction, right? Right. And I think that's what I want to know, is who's going to be representing the East. Who loses in the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, the the easy the easy money is on Toronto, just because they are very good. But they have this history in the playoffs of, of kind of falling apart. And I think if they go in there, you know, best season in franchise history, they go into the first game at home, and they lose that game, well, then what happens? Like, do you become a team full of Nick Andersons? Yeah. And, and you lose confidence completely. And you look at their kind of path, right? And right. so, you know, the 2 7 matchup right now would be Raptors Pacers. I think that's a difficult matchup for them a little bit because they have right. two good defenders on the perimeter. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's, that's not easy. And then you look at a potential second round matchup and you probably have to beat the, the Celtics. Uh, that I don't think is a problem. Or the Hawks. Uh, I think the Hawks would be difficult. I don't think the Celtics team is long for playoff success. And like I okay. I don't see like I think they can get past the first round. Uh although I really like that that matchup right now of of Boston Charlotte. I think that's a very interesting series. Yeah. Um but if they get past the first round, they just don't have they don't have firepower. And no, as good as the right. defense is, like 
you got to have you got to be able to score at some point. You got to be able to shoot more than five percent from inside. <laughs> right, exactly. And you know, no offense to Isaiah Thomas, who is everyone's favorite mascot, and we all love him because he's short and he's playing basketball. Uh, <laughs> he's not good enough to carry a team throughout a playoff run. Right. And I don't think we've seen a team like that succeed a, right. a ton in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to do for more than a round. Like, I think they can get a round, but I don't think they're in serious consideration. But I do think this Hawks team is very good. You know, if Bosch somehow is okay to play, uh, then I think Miami is a threat. Mm-hmm. I like the move of, of putting Hassan Whiteside. They've won Whiteside. five in a row. Yeah, I like the move of putting Hassan Whiteside on the bench and having him as a six-man. I think that's the smart way to use him with, with what they've got. Uh, I like the Joe Johnson addition. Um, so maybe a, a healthy Miami team can can be there. But, yeah, I think it's the Raptors. Like, I, for me, it would go Raptors, Hawks, Heat in okay. terms of who I think can actually make some noise. Coach of the year. Well, I mean, I think we assume it's Luke Walton slash Steve Kerr. That's what I was going to say. Is second place has to be either Luke Walton or Steve Kerr. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so the interim wins and Steve Kerr gets second place and, or Steve Kerr wins and interim Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a place. close balloting. Right. And it's Ooh, gonna... do they split votes? This is like when Westbrook and Durant are so good every year. <laughs> Maybe. Splitting votes for, for MVP. Yeah, um, I don't know how voting will work on this. I think they're just going to say they're Warriors coach. Him? That's that's rude. That's like it's a they don't have the rights to him in NBA 2K or right, something. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like Coach 99. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think if you break the all-time wins record or you approach it, you're probably winning Coach of the Year. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so is it Terry Stotts or is it Brad Stevens for you? Or is there somewhere else? I, I mean, I, I think I have to go with Brad Stevens because of I, I think he has less talent. Um, Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that's that's a weird. Uh, I think people underrate Ed Davis and, and Mason Plumley. Basically, see, I don't think Ed. Well, maybe this plays into your point. I don't think Ed Davis is any good. I really? like him. Okay. I think he puts up numbers. I don't think he's very good. See, and I I think, I think Plumley's good. I think he's pretty good. I think okay. both are are above average NBA big men. I think Myers Leonard is an awful player. I completely agree, <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, yeah, uh, agree that Myers Leonard right. is, is not good and is not good on the score sheet. Whatever else. Uh, and clear, I, I think the Celtics clearly have more depth, but you look at their roster and again, Isaiah Thomas is their best player and you know, look at what he did with Phoenix last year. Well, do, do expectations play into this for you? Because, but that, you know, it does every year. The, for Coach yeah. But this, this Boston team was supposed to be about a 40 win team, right? Okay. 40 to 45 wins. This Blazers team was maybe supposed to be the worst in the league mm-hmm. or not worse in the, or but, worse in the West. Yeah. And they've, I mean, I don't know if that's just, I don't know if we should, you know, recalibrate our expectations throughout the season. I mean, I think we should, but does that play into what you think for awards? Because Portland has clearly way overplayed how they were supposed to be. Yeah. But it's, it's really easy for me to point to our most improved winner, CJ McCollum, Jamie Lillard's leap as a a top five MVP guy and say, look, Terry Stotts is a fantastic coach. Don't get me wrong. Maybe he, but then who's their third best player? Mason Plumlee. Yeah, probably. That's not good. I mean, That's I like good. Mason Plumlee, but he but shouldn't be the third best player on any who's team. Who's the Celtics? Third I don't think he was player. the third best player on Duke. Who's the third the third best Celtics player? Uh, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley. Yeah, I mean Kelly Olynyk. I mean, they're way better than well, not Olynyk, but deeper. I'd take uh, Bradley and Crowder over Mason Plumlee any day. I might. I would probably take Crowder, but not Bradley. So, oh, see, I think Bradley's okay. unreal. Yeah. No, I, that's that's fine. Yeah. So Maybe I, he's defensive player of the year. That would be interesting. Not, I mean, he's not, but <laughs> we can <laughs> throw out wild accusations. All right, now you're being crazy. <laughs> now I don't believe anything you say anymore. Can there be? I mean, does Dwayne Dwayne Casey have a, co- a case for runner-up, coach of the year? 
It's so hard with Dwayne Casey types because he's what coach of the Raptors for five years now, right? And oh, so like longevity hurts. I think longevity hurts a wow, little bit. Wow. Okay. Like we about, know what Dwayne Casey brings to a team, and it kind of depends on how good that team's talent is. What about Doc Rivers without Blake Griffin for most of the season? Dave Yeager losing as much as they have. I'm just a Doc Rivers hater. Um, yeah, I mean he's actually not that good of a coach anymore, is he? Right. So it's yeah, hard for me to it's hard for me to say you should be coach right. of the year. Pop, we're ignoring Pop. They're gonna win We're seventy hard. games. <laughs> pop, Pop might be top three. Yeah, maybe He's, fourth. Fourth behind He's, Stevens and, and Stevens Stotts. and Stotts and Warriors coach ninety nine. Right. Does it hurt that he doesn't have the ST in his name? We have Stevens. We have Stotts. Yes, we have it does. Steve. Steve. Yeah. Kerr. Luke. Luke Stalton. <laughs> We're gonna look up what his middle name is. <laughs> I'm sure it's a conspiracy. Probably Aloysius or something. Anyway, like we got to take a break. On the other side, I forget what we're talking about next side. Uh, oh yeah, we're gonna talk about buyout guys. All the different guys who are available in free agency now. Some waivers, some NBA transactions. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Yo, back up now and give a brother room. The fuse is lit and I'm about to go boom. Mercy, mercy, mercy me. Oh, my life was a cage, but on stage I'm free. I like it. Hiked up, psyched up, ready for John's bringing it. John, yeah, John's bringing it today. He's, this is an important jazz game. Yeah. They're going to lose. But he's getting pepped and no, pumped up for I'm it. in on the feeling. <laughs> That's going to win. Uh, by the way, we did some research in during the break, talking about how Luke Walton is the only uh, NBA head coach likely to win the coach of the year that does not have st in his name. Right. And it's not Terry Stotts, it's not uh, Brad Stevens, it's not, not Steve, Steve Kerr. Kerr. But he does have a great nickname. Allegedly. Uh, basketball Reference has his nickname as Little Wheats. It's not allegedly when he has a tattoo of it. But why? I need to know why. That's not a birthmark, so it's not like he just, oh, I've got little wheats on my arm, so that's my nickname. Right, right, he, yeah. he clearly had to put that there at some point. Uh, someone had a great question of, does that make Bill Walton big wheats? Yes, because so it has to, right? Yeah, of course. I saw him walk in the streets uh, for, I don't know, some kind of game oh, uh, recently. The, the Utah game here, Yeah, right? he, doesn't he, move, he, he doesn't move well, but it was cool seeing him in person. Just here downtown? Yeah, like just downtown. Main Street? Uh, yeah, I, that's, that is confusing. We're going to ask Ethan Sherwood Strauss. He's our guest next segment. By yeah, the way. I've sent him a text asking if he knows, if so he, maybe he can find out some information in the next 10 minutes. And if not, then we're going to ask him if he can. Yeah, we'll out. get him to find out and, and, and report back hopefully by the end of the show. That would be see. great. Yeah, that would be really a good use of his time. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, uh, that's that's what's important. Anyway, uh, wanted to talk a little bit more about the buyout situation around around the league in, in this segment uh, because there are a, a bunch of transactions that have happened. Uh, let's see. Just a quick recap. Let's let's start with that. Kevin Martin did officially sign with the San Antonio Spurs. Correct. They waived uh, Reswell Butler. So, you like that move? I mean, Butler's not shooting well from three, and I figure if he's not shooting well from three, why is he on your team? Right. Then he's Chris Johnson. But right. <laughs> sorry, Except Chris Johnson. Except older and not athletic. Right, and no chance of improving. Right. right? Only only yeah. downside. So there. not Chris Johnson at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So many many differences. Yeah. However, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess Kevin Martin, Kevin Martin can kind of score, I guess, which... Yeah, I mean, Maybe he can he's... score. He's still a good three-point shooter. He's a career 38% three-point shooter. Um, he gets to the free-throw line a lot. Like, this is a team that the Spurs are the second 
best three-point shooting team in the league percentage-wise, but they take about as many as the Memphis Grizzlies do. Like, they don't shoot a lot, so maybe this is a way to open up the offense a little bit more in the second year. He does give them something different, right? Like, they have a lot of wings who are great defenders. Right. Uh, and maybe not a lot of wings who get to the free throw line and can shoot from the outside. Right. So I, I've I mean, said, like, you're not going to get defense out of him because his defensive stance is like watching a five-year-old bowl. And and clearly, like, this is something that he wanted, or Greg Popovich wanted is, you know, brought in Jimmer Fredette, for example. And right. I said, mean, you, you know, look at those guys work. they were looking for 15th spot. It was Jimmer, right. it was Russell Butler. McCallum. Right, exactly. Guys like that. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly they're looking for somebody who can score yeah. and are just kind of cycling through it until they can find it. Maybe Kevin Martin's a guy, maybe he's not. It probably doesn't make a difference either way. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's see. Anthony Bennett waved. Uh, Beno Udre, Chris Copeland. I think we mentioned all these in the last show. Um, Oklahoma City signed Nazar Muhammad. Naz- I don't understand uh, why. They really like him. Do they, they, yeah, like- I mean, they really like him. I think this is a you know a depth issue. Maybe that means Mitch McGarry is not all that long for for playing this season. Which is weird. Like I've I've liked what Mitch McGarry brought last. Yeah, season. I mean maybe I mean maybe it's back. You know he had back injury okay. uh, in college, so maybe that's acting up at some point. They did take out a half page ad in the uh, in the Oklahoma City paper. I can't remember what it's called. The Oklahoman mm-hmm. uh, welcoming back Nazi Muhammad. Wow. So that's so, something. They should. I mean, that's probably like one fifth of the ten day contract cost. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> I mean, it's for the whole season. But regardless, still weird. Uh, Washington waived Gary Neal in order to sign Marcus Thornton, which uh, Gary Neal has had health issues, so there's that. But it, yeah, he's still got a leg a injury, surprising. right? Uh, they're gonna, you know, I think they were hoping Gary Neal could maybe play a little backup point guard for them, stretch the floor this year. Instead, they have to rely on Ramon Sessions, who's not any good. So, who is there anybody out there for the the longing Jazz fan who wants to see an improvement in, in depth wing? I mean, Darrell Wright is still is out alive. there. You know, he's still alive. He's still out there. I I don't understand why he's not in the NBA. I really don't. Maybe I mean, I'm sure there's a reason, but he's a guy who can shoot the threes. Relatively athletic. Yeah. Uh, he can defend. I think a little bit. You know, he's a, he's a good role player. Yeah, I I agreed. Like I I don't get it. And maybe there's something neither of us know about him. Maybe he you know threatened a player's wife or something I don't, you know, right I'm, or ma- ma- I'm making up rumors right here, sure <laughs> here text in your your wildest drill right rumor <laughs> I, i'm just i'm just trying to figure it out and i can't yeah uh you know i wonder if chase budinger would have been a nice move for them at some point or is that i mean he doesn't yeah. bring defense but you do need the offense right and now. given that he signed in phoenix probably would have signed in utah i mean unless it's a weather play but right the weather's could. nice from here on out in utah Sure, it's been lovely. <laughs> we may go to a soccer game. Yeah, it's it's all happening. <laughs> a lot going on. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder what what exactly is up. By the way, we have a tweet from Toli Valimakis. Uh, the playoffs are li- are on the line, and you sit for a sore back. They must have a ton of confidence for tonight. Can I blame them? It's in in reference for Rodney Hood. I mean, I gotta imagine that the back is not okay if he's sitting. Right. You know, it, it's it's not a choice at that point, right? Right. Um and Ronnie Hood is officially out for tonight's game. We and I mean, are you going show. to use him in a game against the Warriors, despite John's feeling that you know you're probably going to get hammered? It's a physical team. You're you're unlikely to win the game. Well, Quinn Snyder didn't know about John's feeling. That's true. So <laughs> maybe we should let him know. I mean, it's not you know you can still yeah. activate him. We'll let Ethan know. We'll <laughs> let Ethan know. <laughs> Ethan can We're relay Ethan it to a Quinn. Tasks. Yeah. Uh, Ethan did tell me he's going to try to find out. So. In the next, like, we'll see. Five In the next minutes? five minutes, we'll see. All right, good luck. Uh, uh, 
Chris Johnson, by the way, will probably start for the Jazz. So, hey, he can defend Harrison Barnes a little. Yeah, uh, I mean, or Clay Thompson. That's less Clay Thompson, more Harrison Barnes. Right, yeah. but I mean, I, I like Gordon Hayward on Clay Thompson. I, I think that's a reasonable matchup. Yeah, um, Neto actually did a great job on uh, Steph Curry. I thought earlier in the season when they when the Warriors. Played that, this is the unfortunate thing about. Um, them, you know, not being at full strength tonight is I really like the way they played that first game mm-hmm. here in in Salt Lake City, and I I thought like I even wrote about it at the time I I think that's the game plan for beating the Warriors or or disrupting them at least is the big team slow it down get them out of the rhythm and and use you know big wings and in the triple wing lineup and yeah. and try to you know just be bigger and cut off the court. I thought they did a really good job. Could have won that game. You don't get to see that tonight, but I, I think the game plan is, is solid. Not that they would do that in a series, but just for the random nights in the regular season, it would be nice to see if they could get that done. Yeah, I mean, if the Jazz make another shot, if, if really the Jazz didn't shoot that well in that game, it was a winnable game for the Jazz to win at yeah. home here. Uh, and, you know, Came down to a Rodney Hood different. shot, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and a pretty good look, I thought, for Rodney look. Hood 3. So. It, obviously tricky, especially without Rodney Hood, but John's got a feeling, and that's what's important. we got to take a break. On the on the other side of this, we're going to talk to Ethan Strauss and have him do all of our bidding for us. Yes. Send messages to Quinn Snyder. Send messages from Luke Walton. Sure. Uh, all of the above. He's doing all our research. Ethan Sherwood-Strauss of ESPN next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, we here on the Salt City Hoops show are preemptively celebrating the Utah Jazz's imminent victory over the Golden State Warriors tonight. I'm Andy Larson, ESPN True Hoop Managing Editor of the Salt City Hoops blog. Zach Harper, CBSSports.com National NBA Writer, uh, joins me every week as co-host. And now as guest, we've got Ethan Sherwood-Strauss, who's ESPN.com writer, Covers primarily the Golden State Warriors here uh, at Oracle tonight, covering the Jazz Warriors game. So we brought him into the show for a few minutes just to talk about the game tonight. Ethan, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm coming to you live from the bowels of Oracle Arena. Awesome. Uh, So first of all, I I hear Zach has been texting you. Do you have any answers yet as far as Luke Walton's nickname? No, I said that I would text. I would text Luke to try to figure out what, what was the nickname again. It was Little Wheat. Little Wheat, and he has a tattoo Little of it Wheat. on his left bicep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this shows why I'm a terrible reporter. I should have been on this years ago. Right. I, well, I don't think anybody knew. Well, I only found yeah. it out because I, I was trying to find his middle name. So I looked on Basketball Reference and it said Little Wheats, and then we see a, a picture of him with a tattoo. And now, I mean, I'm hoping at some point before the show's over, you can get back to us with an answer. I, I, look, I don't think I can do that right now because I believe they're going over film. Uh, <laughs> I think we got to prioritize things here. I, they're going to win anyway, so what's the point? <laughs> How great would it be as, as they're going over film right now for the pregame scout? I just barge in as the security guards trying to drag you away. <laughs> the people have a right to know. Who is Little Weeks and why? You got to know. Oh, yeah. People have to know. Hey, so how do you feel about this Warriors team at 56 and 6? Uh, you've been under fire a little bit from the Warriors fan base for starting trouble, uh, yeah. saying that yeah, there's that's, there's that's maybe some really, problems. That's really what can derail a championship season. Is, is, is uh, your Twitter is feed? Somebody, 
someone's moderate criticism can really unravel everything. It's funny when people say to me, don't sabotage. Why are you sabotaging them? Look, if I can sabotage you, you are self-sabotaging. I, right. I really think that would be a sign of weakness there. But my take on it right now is that they are hitting some doldrums. They are plus 1.4 point differential since the All-Star break, which is you know great if you're, I don't know, like a lottery team, but not necessarily great if you're the Golden State Warriors. Uh, right now, Draymond Green has strep throat. He's playing through it. He did not look like himself last game. Andre Godala will play tonight, but he's coming off a hamstring strain in which he hasn't seen that sprinting speed at his disposal. So they're they're a little bit vulnerable. The, the Jazz are hitting them at a good time. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of my question is, is look coming into this game, do the Jazz have a chance to win it? I think the Jazz have done a good job against the Warriors slowing the pace down, kind of playing at a half-court uh, tempo. They've, they've come close, especially in the game in Salt Lake City, in, in actually winning one. But you know, obviously the Warriors very good at home. Uh, the Jazz will be without Rodney Hood tonight. Do they have a shot at this game? How do you see it kind of unfolding? I'm going to make a bold prediction. If the Jazz don't beat the Golden State Warriors tonight, they're never going to. Wow. Just never. Just never. It's like never going to happen. Just all the games, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Um, but that prediction aside, uh, yeah, I think they do have a chance. They really do. Uh, they lost a lot of their uh, defense just through injury for a while, the Jazz did. But now they have, they have a lot of it back, and they have been able to slow the game. Uh, they've been able to ugly it up, and really – uh, they've come close, so I do think they can do this. I do. This could be the first home loss for the Warriors this season. I'm not betting on it, though. So so if there is a vulnerability with the Warriors this season, um, is it simply, like, I, I know the whole thing has been the league is trying to go smaller so that they can keep pace with the Warriors, but isn't really the answer to just be big, make the game ugly, slow the game down, dominate the boards, and just, you know, maybe hope and pray after that? I think that's a pretty good formula. If you can offensive rebound as the Cavs did at the beginning of the finals, that can really muck up the pace too. Um, that's that's a great way to do it. So if you can offensive rebound, that's a good uh, that's a good thing to get at the Warriors. And really, I feel like the size thing with the Warriors is exaggerated a bit. Charles Barkley talks about them like they're in one of those uh, in the Philippines six four and under league, sure. and really they, they've got a bunch of different centers, so it's a little confusing. They just happen to have this one lineup that does really well that they use at the end of games, the depth lineup where everybody's under under six foot seven or six foot seven and under. Uh, but right now the Warriors are a little bit thin up front, and that's one of the reasons why the Jazz have a shot. Festus Azili, in my opinion, is the best center who's listed as a center on this team. Uh, and he remains out with the arthroscopic uh, knee surgery. I just made the mistake of trying to pronounce arthroscopic live on the radio. <laughs> sure, that's always that a problem. Again. I'm just going to say knee surgery. And I was like, recently I was live, and I, I said the superstar point guard of the Oklahoma City Thunder's name. I'm never going to do that either. That's a tongue twister. Just forget it. <laughs> but, uh, yes, right now the Warriors are a little bit small, and the Jazz can punish them with size, but that's not always the case, I guess is what I'm saying. From an, from an outsider perspective, Ethan, uh, you know, what do you make of the Jazz this season? So, you know, a good start to the year. Uh, in their last seven, though, the Jazz are just one and six. Uh, it, you know, didn't really make big moves at the trade deadline. Acquired Shelvin Mack, but it's it's hard to argue that was a big move. Right. Uh, you know, what do you make of their season this year and, and kind of their future moving forward? I would wonder, and I don't want to cast aspersions on the medical staff I know little about, but I would want to take a look at that considering the amount of injuries they've had. Um, I'd wonder why they're not able to keep guys healthy. 
they've got a great young coach. Um, I'm impressed by that. I think they have the the recipe for an amazing defense, and everybody's actually healthy. I'm ready to go. I love Rodney Hood. Um, so I love a lot of what they have, but somehow, and maybe you can correct me, it hasn't coalesced into a basketball that is charismatic. There's not, they're not fun. Like they're comparable to Portland, but the Portland Trailblazers are fun. Do you guys feel like the Utah Jazz are fun? Yeah. No, but that's kind of not the point, right? Like the point is to be uh, grit and grindy for right. at least from the Jazz's point of view. That's kind of they want to be the best defense in the league and make it not fun. <laughs> I guess that's true. All that matters is actually winning. Who cares if it's charisma list? I, I just follow the Jazz a bit, and I, I know that's a lament from their fan base yeah. uh, that they haven't in a while had basketball that they could fully embrace and enjoy. So if you're asking for my scattershot takeaway, uh, I, I would have a lot of positives. Uh, they, they are young. They have great defensive pieces. They've got a smart coach. It just hasn't rounded into something that I love to watch on a Wednesday night on League Pass. Sure. I mean, do you... I wonder if you can make comparisons, and it's obviously very different because there is no Steph Curry and there's never, not even really a, a Monte Ellis in this in this mix for better or for worse. But you know, you you've seen the Warriors for years try to win with the young guys, and eventually, at some point, you know, you have to make the decisions to bring in veterans. You know, at, at what point do you do you kind of punt on the core of being like seven young guys and, and kind of go like, well, these are our three young guys. Let's go swap the other young guys for veterans who help us win now and get to that next level. By the way, um, and I'm just helping you with your promo, Zach. I think seven young guys is my favorite of the CBS sitcom. Sure, uh, it is. Fantastic Thursday nights. Thursday nights. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, just hilarious madcap humor all around. I think what you need is what the Warriors got, which is a veteran bridge. Andre Iguodala was their veteran bridge, right? right. Bring in somebody uh, with experience, and he can sort of transport you to a different level. And it seems that maybe the Jazz need that guy. I don't know who that guy might be, uh, but it seems like it's really hard in the NBA just to count on your core of young people uh, growing into something championship caliber. You need you need unoutsided blood. That that's a really good point. And now I'm trying to brainstorm who that veteran bridge you know might be in, in free agency or whatever. Kevin Durant's be. available. Now <laughs> now it's a Jazz Warriors bidding war for Kevin Durant's services. There you go. Hey, hey, let's let's get that rumor mill cranked up. Right, right. now, well, now we can see the Jazz are interested. We need to check that part out. <laughs> right, I, yeah. Well, we should ask if if Dennis Lindsay is interested in getting Kevin Durant this summer. Yeah, I mean, positional worries. Who's going to get the playing time? <laughs> okay, so we have this bold prediction that the Jazz win tonight that I, that none of us actually believe. I want your yeah. bold prediction on whether or not Kevin Durant goes to the Warriors. I will predict no. I'll predict no, but here's my bold prediction. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one, a, a bold prediction. I think will happen. I think Harrison Barnes goes somewhere else, and wherever he goes, there's a sign and trade to bring back someone who's Harrison Barnesy to the Warriors. That's my prediction. Okay, I like that. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, so if and when the Jazz make the playoffs and, and face the Golden State Warriors in the first round, we're all staying at your house. Is that is that cool? Casa del we, Stas, we've already yeah. invited. Yeah. Uh, we've invited hey, you ourselves enjoy sleeping over. on a couch, uh, a couch that's just completely filled with dog hair. Be yeah, my guess. yeah, that sounds that sounds like a dream. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> that's really what we're looking for. All right, thanks, Ethan. We'll let you go so you can go cover the game again. That's Ethan Sherwood Strauss, ESPN.com, joining us from Oracle Arena tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. Do you think Ethan will let us in his house? <laughs>
it. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I feel like at least his wife will. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, no, she's very nice. That's good. Yeah. All right. How how uh, I I want to fully embrace this feeling at this point. Okay. Like I I like the music choices today. Sure. I like our optimism despite the one in six record. Like everything's going against the Jazz winning this game, which is why they will win it. Right. Well, it's always that that thing of like, well, everyone's picking this. So this so the other result is what's going to happen. I think it's completely contingent on the music coming out of the next break. Wow. I think like if if we both are are really into this next song, then I think that and I and I definitely don't want to preview. I want I want to know, I want to feel it in the moment. Yeah. That if if we both are in on this song, then I think it happens. John, that's a lot of pressure that for you. That is a lot of pressure for John. To be honest, I was cutting up the interview. I had no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. We're, we're saying that you are are singularly responsible for whether or not the Jazz win tonight yeah. by the quality of your next intro song for the next segment. Ooh, right. But we Cal- don't want to challenge accepted. Yeah, but we don't want to preview. We want to we yeah, want to feel wanna it in that, that moment. But yeah, I I think that if we're in on this song, then I then I think that I think it happens because everything's working against them. They have nothing to lose. Backs against the walls. Whatever cliches you want to throw in there, it's Jazz time. Let's preview around the NBA uh, quickly because we we do have a few warrior points in there. So let's go ahead and move them to this segment. Uh, And you actually had a good point about um, the Jazz execution in in tonight's game. But uh, let's start, first of all, Steph Curry hit his 303 uh, (laughs) since we we last had our last show. Um, Obviously, that's an NBA record. Uh, number two in the NBA, by the way, for made three-point shots is his teammate Clay Thompson. Yep. The Warriors are unfair, and um, I don't know what what the the insane stat that I've seen or that I that I saw or came up with or I didn't come up with it. I found it at one point though. Uh, is if he slows down, and for him at this point, slowing down would be three hundred threes per season. Okay. Because he's about to shatter that right. Like he may hit a hundred more this season. He's on pace for like four hundred. Um, if he only hits three hundred. For the next five seasons, each season for the next five seasons, he breaks the all-time record at the age of 32 for most threes hmm. in a career. At, at 32 years old. 32 years old, he will break in five when seasons. did Ray Allen do it? Like when he was 39? Yeah, like 38, 39, something like that. That's insane. That is crazy. He yeah. may double it. He may double the all-time record when he's, when he's done. That is, to, to bring in a local tie, that is John Stockton-esque. It is. I mean, John, uh, again... He may hit more Local threes Homer. than John Stockton had assists at this point, at this rate. <laughs> Maybe that my math is off there. Eh, you know, it's not important. Three thousand, fifteen thousand, same thing. Yeah, but regardless, he may many, hit three thousand in a season. Three thousand threes. Who's to say he won't at this point? That would be what one three a minute. We I think he could. Do, I think he could do it. So he's playing <laughs> forty minutes a game, scoring one hundred twenty points a game. What about his? What about his season? Makes sense so far. Nothing. I right. Mean, so why not that? Why not? Let's just go nuts with it. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. I mean, I, I mean, I like the NBA as if it's heading this way. Everyone's moving to Oakland. We're all moving to, to Ethan's house. We really, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> it, we really should. You know, you were talking about like if you want to become a great basketball writer, you almost have to be around the best basketball team of that era. Yeah. And although, although I wonder, is there a tipping point? Because where are there it becomes too many writers. Well, one, well, yeah. One, there's there are already too many writers, but two, like, does the basketball become numb to you if it's too good for too long? I think maybe. I think you become, you know, 
like Ethan and right. you start to not appreciate what you have. Right, you start wondering like, all right, well, is Kevin Looney actually going to do something this year or right. you know, is Festus <laughs> Or was it a terrible pick? Right, or is Festus Zealy's left job hook? By Bob Myers. Why isn't Jason Thompson on the team anymore? You know, you start throwing around those accusations. Yeah, our, you know, is the team in disarray? Right. I mean, yeah. they're like, you know, covering the Timberwolves for as long as I did, there's only so many ways you can rewrite a they've got blown out by 20 to 25 points. Maybe there's only so many, hey, they won by 20 to 25 point stories within you. Yeah. So maybe I, you need that that middle ground. I always felt like I was a better writer and analyst when the Jazz are worse. Um, yeah. Because I, I think there's it's easier to ask players what went wrong than what sure. went right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good point. And you, you get kind of more detail out of them and because they, they actually look at what you need to fix rather than, sure. you know, if it's if it's what went right, they're just like, well, we had some shots and we've been working hard and our efforts were rewarded tonight. And I feel like when it's it's a bad game, they you know, you're more likely to pick individual things that went wrong. Yeah, I think, I mean, you want to have – you want to have something always building, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're covering the team, you you always want to write about that next step. Well, if you're winning seventy games every year, there is no next step, right? It's just other than eighty two next. It's year just time travel. AD. Like you get to a point where time travel is the only topic of could they beat this team? Could they beat that team? Who's better? And until we figure out time travel, there's really no. And that's been the biggest that's been conversation story, around right? the NBA this this last week is you know would the would the Warriors beat the '97 Bulls? Would they beat yeah. the you know, whatever '80 Lakers? You yeah. know, like 80, '86 Celtics, '73 Lakers. Yeah, you know, and I mean, '61 Celtics. Side note: For my money, the Warriors are winning all those games. But I don't think they could take the '49 Minneapolis Lakers. <laughs> I really don't. Without the three-point line, wh- whose court are they playing on? I think you have well whoever whoever's in the time period. So if you're going okay. to 1949, you have to play on that court. You bring the Minneapolis Lakers to 2016. I mean, how I don't can, even think they make it to the game. How can the Warriors? <laughs> how can the Warriors face off against a six six, uh, Mikan? Right. It's too too big. It's too it's too much. That's the thing though. Mikan comfortable at six six in the post. You know they're used to like making these big guys uncomfortable. He's just <laughs> playing against guys his size. That's totally comfortable for him. Fair. Okay. Rest in peace, George Michael, because <laughs> you would have you would have wrecked this Warriors team. That's my take on it. Yes. <laughs> I, I completely that, believe in your point. Isn't that ridiculous, though, that like the biggest rival for the Warriors, even in a season where the Spurs are going to win 70 games, right, is they're a, actually only three games behind right, them. Right, is a team from 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, that's their biggest rival. It doesn't, Or maybe Charles Barkley is. Like, it doesn't make any it's – al- it's almost or, so rude. Like, or Ben Dowsett. Right, or Ben Dowsett in a locker room situation, sure. Um, it, but it's so rude that we just and it's always this thing with the Spurs. And I generally think like they're kind of they're kind of just crazy to say like, oh, well, everyone ignores us when the team wants to be ignored. But in a year where you're this good and you're three games behind a historic team, um, it does feel awful to dismiss them the way that we do. It's been weird to see them come up with. Uh, enemies basically in this environment true right like everyone thinks that they're the best team in the world and but for them to be like oh charles barkley is disrespecting us by saying you know the 97 bulls would beat us right it's not disrespect like even if i i I don't even agree with barkley but that you're in the conversation is is pretty respectful it seems like it to put (laughs) you up with like one other team in history right that's kind of a compliment yeah or even like the doc rivers thing of um you know, well, they didn't face the best teams in the playoffs. You know, you know, not to take anything away from them, but maybe that would have changed things. That's not really a, that's not really disrespectful. 
Right. That's that's, a, that's just like kind of a factual layout of what the playoff picture was. Agreed. Now we think that they're going to lose tonight. Right. Terrifically. So, <laughs> so maybe we're the enemies. <laughs> and <laughs> well, no. To be fair, we're leaving it up to the next music. That's that's true. So it's we're ninety we percent sure, <laughs> but we don't we don't know for sure. Next segment's music will will officially determine it. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and take a break so we get to the next segment's sure. music faster, and we we know that way we know. We know there's still time to get bets in if you if you're gonna gamble or I don't know. We can we can send it into the Warriors locker room so they can be aggrieved coming. Right, into- we'll have Ethan make sure to <laughs> to send it in there so they can be extra mad. All right, uh, we'll do that. <laughs> Figure out whatever song John's gonna play and actually go around the NBA next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. <laughs> Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. John, I don't know if I'm sufficiently excited. <laughs> I'm in. You're in? I'm completely sold. I get pretty pumped up with Vertigo. I don't. The other don't, finalists were uh, China Grove and Supermassive Black Hole. No, this is easily the best Yeah. One. Okay. See, this is, you should have just started with this, though, the, the, the melody. No, because here's here's why it works. Of course, is what I'm going for. Here's, a, here's why it works, is because if the Jazz are going to win, we need a little vertigo for the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's you we know. We would really benefit from them being as dizzy as possible. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, yeah, okay, the Jazz are going to win. Yeah. Jazz, by 20. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Though. That's a lot of Bono. <laughs> hey, Oregon beat the Utes by, or sorry, the Utes beat Oregon by what? 30? Like 40 ish. Yeah. And okay, I'll give you that. Broncos won by what in the Super Bowl? Uh, it's like 20 something. Yeah. So, from the facts about the song on Wikipedia, which is never wrong, uh, a contestant from Australian Idol released a cover of this song. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Well, thank you, Australia, yeah. <laughs> for your contributions. Joe Ingles, Dante Exum. Yes, Joe Ingles. Uh, if he were starting right now, then I would believe. In okay, this song. then then you'd really be. But in. unfortunately, Chris Johnson. Is. Right. So has he been to Australia? Uh, Chris Johnson. Yeah. I I I would be surprised. I'll see if Ethan can find that out as well. <laughs> well Ethan just go everywhere in Oracle. <laughs> All right. Please go talk to Chris Johnson. <laughs> Ask him he's if he's a been starter, to Australia. So it's a big deal. Right. Ask him if he's been to Australia. Jazz are going to win tonight. Uh, it's and if not you're listening tomorrow, maybe listen to the wizard. Listen to this before the Wizards game, so that Jazz <laughs> are going to win tonight. Maybe feels a little bit saner. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Suns next week. Right. Know? Maybe like, Suns next week. Maybe just keep this podcast in your back pocket for well, a rainy day. We we may have to put a disclaimer in the description depending on how this game goes. I say bombard them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go around the NBA, as we do pretty much every week in this segment. Uh, first, let's just do a quick standings update. We've been talking about them throughout, this, uh, throughout the show today. But uh, Eastern Conference, real quick. The Cavs only have a two-game lead over the Toronto Raptors. They've been playing a little bit sketchily recently. Uh, the Cavs have, not the Raptors. Celtics in, in the third seed. Miami Heat, four seed. Atlanta Hawks, five seed. Charlotte Hornets, six. Indiana Pacers, seven. Sh- Chicago Bulls, now eighth. Detroit, Nine, just a half game back of the Bulls. Wizards, 10th, uh, two and a half games back of the eight seed in the Bulls. It's interesting. If you Beyond the three seed, 
these teams are separated by about exactly one game all the way from three to nine. Yeah, I mean, there's... Really three to ten. Yeah, the, it's it's very close, and it's and it's not just close because it's bad in the East, which is usually what it right. is. Right. Like, it's actually legitimately good teams. I mean, the scary thing for Chicago is uh, Jimmy Butler might be done. Yeah, that's going. I mean, he's going to get a second opinion on his knee. And if that happens, then I think they're done. You know, right. Pistons are going to be a half game better than them through the rest of the season Certainly. without a healthy Jimmy Butler. Um, and heck, the Wizards might be three games better than them throughout yeah. the rest of the season. So we'll find out Friday. We will. Um, if the especially if the show's predictions all apply. For <laughs> sure. Friday. Western Conference uh, Warriors up top again. The Spurs still are close. Three games back of the, the of the Warriors, um, uh, two really really historic teams. Number three Oklahoma City, four the Clippers, five Grizzlies, six Portland's moved up into the sixth spot, thirty four and thirty one record. Dallas seventh seed, Rockets eight seed, Jazz nine seed, two games out of the eighth spot right now with the Rockets win tonight. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yes, yeah. thank you. So I was looking at an old version of this. But standards. the but Dallas yes. Mavericks are down seven in the fourth quarter. To Detroit. To Detroit. Uh, so if they were to lose that game, uh, it, you look at, again, those playoff odds that we referenced in the first segment, and it's actually the, the Mavericks have a higher probability of falling out of the playoffs than the Rockets do at this right. point, even though you know they have a game and a half on the Rockets. Just their schedule is so much harder that it, it could be a different scenario. The Jazz also play the, uh, play the Mavericks in the second-to-last game of the season at home. So in, yeah. here in Salt Lake City, and then, so that's an opportunity to make up that ground. Last game of the year at Lakers, maybe a gimme. Against Kobe Bryant. Against Kobe Bryant, maybe, if he's playing still. If he's, if he's not in a body cast at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, the Jazz still have an opportunity. Sure. They're not dead yet. Um, they are 3-7 and seven in their last 10, 1-6 and six in their last... Seven and but you know you put on tonight's easy win. Sure, <laughs> yeah, it's a guaranteed win tonight uh, against the Warriors. Yes, it's all it's all coming up Millhouse for them. Of course, uh, you brought up some interesting stats on Giannis Antetokounmpo during the break that so, I want to bring up. So this isn't counting tonight's game, but he is on an insane streak right now. Over his last eight games, coming into tonight. 19.3 points a game, 9.9 rebounds, 8.9 assists, 2.3 steals, 2.1 blocks. He's had three triple doubles in eight games. He's missed a triple double in three other games pretty quick, you know, pretty closely. He's on this unreal stretch. Like I think, I think the internet has always been more in love with Giannis than he's actually good. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the type of potential that you see of like these stretches where he can just dominate which is why the internet loves him so much yeah the, and for him to do it over a stretch i think is a right. big deal too and it's not just a in-game flurry it's not a, a specific matchup necessarily it's him coming out and showing his versatility night after night i think that's really big and really kind of the expected growth that you would want to see from a young player right that doesn't always happen right and it's, it's not out of what's imaginable for Giannis moving yeah, forward. He is struggling tonight with only 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and two steals <laughs> in what's looking to be a win over Miami. Oh, well. So there you go. So he's really fallen off <laughs> since that eight-game stretch. Uh, normally, we would do LOL Lakers at this time. However, they beat the Warriors, so no LOL Lakers segment this L-O- week. LOL Warriors? Yes, because they're going to lose tonight. <laughs> That's the end. Of, there is no LOL Lakers segment. We can't play Benny Hill. LOL Warriors. L- okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a heat check right there from John. We had the feeling. We had the music. Now we have LOL Warriors. Ah, <laughs> uh, Utah media hating on the Warriors. <laughs>
it's us. Uh, the Smoto Yunus thing continually gets more interesting. Uh, the NBA Players Union may file a grievance over the Pistons voiding the Donatus Money Yunus trade. Uh, basically, you'll remember that the, the Pistons re- basically went back on that deal because they rejected the physical. Right. And uh, Yunus says, hey, no, my back's really okay. They didn't really even check me out all that much. They just changed their mind on the trade. And in uh, as a result, the Rockets and the Sixers also kind of got screwed a little bit. Like let's yeah, let's I be honest, so. they didn't they didn't get the first round pick they were expecting. The Rockets are still in the luxury tax, so they don't get that benefit of of getting out during a rough season for them. Uh, it, it, it's clearly uh, it could just be Stan Van Gundy having changed his mind or wanting to hurt over at some former bosses. Yeah, uh, well, here's the thing too. Stan Van Gundy has a a brief history of going back on his word. He was basically the King's new coach in 2006, 2007. I about that. And, and then, you know, wanted to go to Orlando instead when Billy Donovan backed out. So he goes back on his word. I love him. I'll take a bullet for him. But he's got a history of, of saying, hey, you know what? Let me take that back. I mean, I think he's made the move, the right move both times. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, avoiding the Maloofs is definitely a good move. Avoiding the Maloofs, and then I think this deal ultimately wasn't a great one for, for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I think you just have to feel like, do you re-sign Monty Ennis at a fair price, and, and and he ends up being better than whatever that draft pick would have been. Right. Like, that's the value. And, and you're definitely paying more for Monty Ennis up front by having to re-sign him as a restricted free agent than what you would pay, you know, a middle first-round draft pick. Speaking of players who have been killing it, um, like Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard is is on fire right now. Just uh, last night's game against uh, Toronto just shut it down in the fourth quarter and, and overtime. Yeah. Uh, he's he's becoming very 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 special. I I have two two things about him real quick. One, could he be like if there is going to be a next Steph Curry, wouldn't he kind of fit the profile? Yeah, because of his his shooting range and yeah. the way he. He uses three point shot and everything. Um, obviously, not the shooter Steph is, but I wouldn't shock me if he if he started approaching that. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I'm done with this. He got snubbed thing from the like. This is what this is. It's like after every after every great performance, Myers Leonard is like, oh, you know, ha- how is this guy not an all star? He got snubbed or something like that. And it's just there are only so many spots. You vote Kobe in. Yeah. Like that takes away <laughs> Damian Lillard's spot. And and it's fine. Like I don't have a problem with it. If you want to see Kobe in his last year as an all-star, okay, whatever. But we gotta stop saying he got snubbed. Like there's usually sixteen players for twelve spots. Right. And I, I it just doesn't matter that much. I mean, right. I I don't know. Like What would you rather? The stretch of basketball or him getting on the all star game? Look, if you're Damian Lillard and need something that once makes you want to go out there and prove people wrong, sure, this can be it. And but it's not it's not him going out there every night and saying, "Look, I should have made the All Star game." Right. right? It's it's his teammates. It's a it's Portland fans. It's so on and so right. forth. Get and over I understand it. wanting that recognition, but we're uh, nearly a month after. The it's not game. like he did, he's he made it the two previous years. Right. Like he's made it before. Like everyone, get over it. Everyone recognizes Damian Lillard is a great player. It's, yeah. It's not like you know this whole hashtag they sleep. Like no, everyone's quite awake to how good he is. I didn't know this, but apparently Tony Parker is opening up a, a food truck of some yes, sort? Yes, Creme de la Creme. It's a French food truck. It's going to have uh, crepes, maybe other pastries. Okay. Um, is he, like, 
operating it in some sense? That if I, you go I walk don't, up to the food I truck, do you get Tony Parker? I, you might get Boris. Okay. Boris <laughs> might just be a customer at all times. You know, he, he loves him some food you and some French food. You don't get Boris inside the truck. You just get him right. off to the side You're eating just, the, the crepes. He's just doing a taste test at all times. <laughs> he, he's got a tasting menu from the food truck. But... I don't know. I love me some crepes. I yeah. love me some French oh, food. I love crepes. Yeah. I'm going to France this summer. Okay. Um, and so crepes are something I'm, I'm very much looking forward been to. Been to Paris once and it was incredible. It's great. Then, I mean, I'm I'm in. I want Tony Parker to open up this food truck in, in Paris. Maybe it'll be there. Maybe it's making a world <laughs> tour. Maybe, it, maybe like it's got it, wings. Yeah. Uh, LeBron says he would have moved to power forward in order to accommodate Joe Johnson had Joe Johnson decided to sign with the Cavaliers rather than the Miami Heat. Right. Uh your point here is basically the accurate one. Don't they have a power forward? Right, I believe they just on paid roster? one like a hundred million dollars. What what was his name again? I don't remember. Uh, Kevin something. Oh, Kevin Looney. Kevin Love. <laughs> Kevin Looney. It's one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and like, all right. Some people say, well, Tristan's a center, but Tristan's a big man. You know, power forward slash center. Um, also paid a lot of money. Yeah, I. Uh, ex- you have. You're paying that position $35 million a season. Is it possible that LeBron is trying to shame Kevin Love into early retirement? <laughs> like, is this, a, is this out of the question that this may be his goal all along? Is he's like, all right, I tried, to, I tried for a year and a half, and now, now I'm just done with him. So instead of trading him, I just want him to retire. Here's the other, like, why does he have to move to power forward in order to accommodate Joe Johnson? Like, there's, a, well, there's a pretty clear slot there. Right. I mean, I, I love me some J.R. Smith, <laughs> but you can put Joe in the shooting guard and be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that's the part of that I don't get. Right. Like, I get that LeBron, LeBron's basketball IQ is great. Sure. But, yeah, why, why are we being difficult about this? One of those players is J.R. Smith. And right. One of those players is Kevin Love. J.R.'s grown up a lot. Yeah. Uh, but, allegedly, who knows? <laughs> who knows if that's actually true? I mean, he's gotten older, certainly. Yeah, he's certainly Time gotten has older. Passed. He has a family. Yeah. Um, Melo wants to play in a fourth straight Olympics. I think that's pretty reasonable. That's a record. He's a, a great. Is it? It would be a record, apparently. Wow. Yeah. Um, Which he's he's a great right. Olympic player. He's so. amazing in it. Uh, look at this. The Jazz Warriors game has just tipped off, and indeed, the Warriors have missed their first shot. They are on pace to score zero points tonight. I, this feeling is just <laughs> is beyond anything I could have imagined. Chris Johnson cutting. I mean, it's it's all happening. It's all here. it's all happening. And I just feel like, you know, had Derek Favors hit that shot, I think we would have. Ah, Rudy Gobert is going to hit this one on just points. There you go. See, points. the Jazz are on pace to win this game. Yeah. 100 to nothing. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Golden State has won nine of their last 10 against the Jazz. Sure. Yeah. But that's that's when, you know, red comes up nine out of 10 times on sure. the roulette table. Oh, okay. Chris Johnson just airballed a three. That's not <laughs> sure. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Jazz rebound. But here's what they're doing. It's all- you create chaos. And then you live within the chaos See, like a supervillain. And Ethan pointed it out. If, if the Jazz can win the offensive rebounding battle, lengthen possessions, that's right. just what they did there. Right. They this may, is, they may have the one plan. continuous possession for the rest of the game uh, and win 2 turnover? nothing. turnover? Yeah. This is, <laughs> see, this is – I think we're violating some kind of rules by <laughs> – By play-by-play. Right. This, this isn't really play-by-play. This is us just like – No, this is just us making up stuff. Pointing out things that <laughs> right. are happening during the game. I wouldn't call them plays necessarily yet, I guess. <laughs> no, not, not necessarily, but it does feel like this feeling's now, this is, this now is, dead that the Warriors okay. have scored. <laughs> <laughs> now that it's tied, it's over. Um, we do have a tweet, by the way. 
saying, are the Jazz championship contenders if they had Steph Curry? How many teams instantly become contenders? This is from Adam Jack, by the way. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think a lot of teams do. A lot of the good teams would. Uh, yeah, I think if you put Steph Curry with this defense and Gordon Hayward's yeah. is number two and Derek, or Derek Favors is number two and Hayward's number three, however you want to order that, like, yeah, I think Curry is good enough at this point and the Jazz are are in the range to where they become title contenders with Steph Curry. Yeah, look, I mean, what what Steph's estimated wins added to a team? You know, it's probably 50, 15 to 20. <laughs> right, yeah. So if the Jazz like are 15 to 20 wins better, they're a 55-60 win team. That's absolutely a championship contender. Yeah. Um, even in this season. Right. So, yeah. To answer your question, Adam Jack, yes, this is. But how many how many teams do you think, I think obviously Spurs, are, well, they're already championship contenders. Um, you put them on the Thunder, yes, they're title contenders. Uh, you put them on the Clippers, yes. You put them on the Grizzlies, a healthy Grizzlies many, team. Okay, how many teams? I feel like there are a lot of teams that he that are championship contenders. Even like it's twenty wins is a lot of wins, that right? Is a lot like of wins, I think yeah. half the league, right? You put Steph on and and he they're a championship contender. Yeah, like if you put them on, I don't know. You put them on the Sixers. No, no, not that far. <laughs> that's maybe that's maybe extreme. Because then you can play four on, you know, right? Not a, a box and one, and then the box is on Steph. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> maybe here's the line. Uh, I think Orlando's the line. Yeah, like okay. I, I think you you put them on Orlando, they're not title contenders, but that's kind of the level of talent that that's between the drop off. So I, I think, think like they might they they'd be a pretty good team. They'd though. be very good, but I don't think they're title. I mean, okay, you know, Evan Fournier might be your third best guy. That's true. All right, fair enough. All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, uh, we're going to be talking about Zach Harper bar debates. That's what's on the sure. that's what's on the docket. I just read what's here. I mean, I may have typed it earlier, right. but I just you just, I, you I just read what you put there. Responsibility for this. <laughs> that should be exciting for everybody. <laughs> and of course, how this Jazz game is going. Uh, jazz still winning five to four. I got a we're, feeling <laughs> tonight's going to be a good night. All right. Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. I find myself in times of worry. Steph Curry, he comes for me. He will be the answer, Steph Curry. And when the broken heart is... All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show. Uh, Jazz are still winning 10-9. to 9. So despite the song that Steph Curry is the answer, he just airballed a three or maybe Rudy Gobert blocked it. We're not quite sure. Right. Here's the thing I just kind of figured out. When we went off into a commercial break, mm-hmm. the Jazz started losing. So if we stay on the rest of the night, if we just hack this radio station and we stay on for the next two hours, <laughs> do they win this game? Yes. There's only one way to find out. Actually, I mean, when we went into break, uh, did they call the timeout before or after that? That's a good question. I could have made this whole thing I up. I think you may have made that up, and also the Jazz are currently losing right. now. So a little bit worried. Yeah. Um, by the way, we, we could have had an LOL Lakers segment tonight because the Lakers were officially eliminated from the playoffs tonight uh, with their loss, presumably. The That's, Rockets win? Rockets win. Yeah. Yeah, again, that would make more sense. Uh, I thought they were going to rally. That's a surprise <laughs> to me. they had it? Yeah, I thought they had it. Uh, that's That's fair. So, yeah, I mean, Jazz maybe not winning yet, but this is March Madness time. 
And I'm sure they're leaving Clay Thompson open for threes. But. Right. Yeah. That's a bold strategy. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a I'm not an NBA coach, but I, I'm gonna disagree with that one. Seriously. Maybe they're gonna reverse the pattern and not win the first quarter and then win all the subsequent quarters. Look, this could be a, a rope a dope situation where they get the Warriors tired from shooting so many shots. Okay. And then that's and then they pounce right then they pounce i think that's the way to go so on monday night we went and played trivia yes. bar trivia and there were some angry sports fans probably at a table 15 feet away from ours this was after or were they there the whole time i was I only aware of them after there like for the last hour or so but i don't think they actually played trivia okay uh, they were just hanging out they were just hanging out and then somehow how did how did this communication first start but however it was all of a sudden you guys got in an argument over right. really the the state of the nba the state of the nba russell westbrook um that was uh, john wall like these were the arguments that were being had uh the the i don't know what you call him the quiz master the trivia yeah. god whatever you call him uh he so the trivia was done at this point and he came over to us and said hey Settle this debate. Oh, that's okay. So right. So he he approached us, but and then I made the mistake of of you, talking. I was gonna say you welcomed that. You you were in that argument and and holding not holding your own. You were better than holding your own. Oh, I would hope so because this guy you was were participating. crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I was participating. Yeah, I maybe got a little heated. Yeah, uh, I mean, I wasn't. I was yelling, but I wasn't yelling at him. I was had, just making emphatic points. He had some pretty ridiculous points of his own. Yeah, well, he said. Well, he said that Russell Westbrook was a bust, which which seems <laughs> crazy. He also said Derrick Rose was a bust, and Derrick Rose, I, granted, he's busted now, but he was an MVP. Yeah, I don't he think was. you can call him a, a bust. Uh, agreed. Um, and so yeah, it was trying to convince this guy that Russell Westbrook's probably a top five player, let alone not a bust. <laughs> um, which things have I, turned out pretty well. Which he still didn't totally grasp. Uh, Which, fair enough, I guess. Uh, well, no, here's the thing. I don't like it when we say everyone's entitled to their opinions because some opinions are just awful. Right. Not all questions are good questions. Exactly. Some of them are bad ones. Although I will say there is no such thing as a bad pun, just bad people who don't accept puns. I mean, that's if that's not true, what are you doing? <laughs> right, exactly. If, <laughs> that, if, I can't, true. if I can't live by that motto, then I, just, I need to stop. Yeah. Uh, Trey Burke is in the game with okay. the Jazz's first sub. After emergency being, in case of in case of emergency break glass with did Trey not Burke. play coach's decision uh, I mean it, it kind of makes sense without Rodney Hood right and you probably again yeah. don't want to play Chris Johnson that many minutes right Trey Burke's your guy unless you want to go to Joe Ingles but then well Gordon Hayward needs to have a break at some point here too so turns out it's hard to play against the Warriors which I think is the the lesson here but they're still in it right <laughs> this this okay maybe I mean turnover sure now but I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this feeling's dying the feeling, quite a bit. The feeling is dying with each consecutive Jazz turnover slash Warriors wide open shot. Um, although Steph Smith's like five three shot yeah. three point shots now. So he's keeping a minute. Here, here's the thing that I don't like about the debate uh, that was had the other night mm -hmm. is that I think it pointed it painted me in a bad light uh, that um, I would normally engage. Like I normally would not engage okay. in this in public. Okay. So I don't think I don't want people to think that's me. Um, normally, I would just say whatever, but I, I don't know. I'd had a couple of drinks. I was, I was, Someone, so, and the the point was so easy to. Right. It's not like it was like, hey, you know, Oscar Robertson versus right John Stockton. Who do you got? 
in a modern NBA game. Like, it wasn't some nuanced thing. It was Russell Westbrook's a bust. You had truth on your side. Right. Yeah, it's, those kind of arguments for me are hard to stay out of because yeah. you know you're right, and it's just you you can't help it, right? But it was to the point that you and you and Spencer left. Like, yeah. in the middle of the argument, it was like, all right, this this is done. The, <laughs> the night is over. I'm going to leave you to these guys. I, I wanted to stay. Okay. I was just Spencer's ride, and okay, he's also my boss. Sure. Like, I got I to gotta take him home if right. that's going to be the case. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I, I, the rest of our party I wanted to stay. stuck it out with me. Yeah, I wanted to stay and watch the, the conclusion of this. In yeah. fact, I, I even texted Angie afterwards and said, sure. how long <laughs> is this happening? Is, yeah, I is think Zach it was, still going? It was, a good, it was a good hour after... Trivia was over. That's when I left. Okay. So it was it was it was way too long. That's what it was. All right. Well, anyway, that's our Salt City Hoop show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you missed any of the show, including the interview with Ethan Sherwood Strauss, uh, you can download the show as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or check it out on ESPN 700 Sports or SaltCityHoops.com. My name is Andy Larson, Zach Harper. Uh, we cover the NBA and the Utah Jazz. See you guys later. ESPN 700.